Extra Points is presented for the people by Caesars Sportsbook, the greatest sports betting app of all time. Download it. It must be 21 years or older. Yeah, hi and hello there, sports fans. We're pouring one out for Sarah Tiana's Atlanta Braves 2023. The roastest with the mostest is her favorite baseball team causing her the mostest pain today? I think the answer is clearly yes. How are you, Sarah? Sorry about your Braves. Listen, misery loves company. All the good teams are out, as we talked about just last week. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, uh, I'm still wearing all black. I'm still in mourning. Um, it was a rough couple of days. I still get kind of emotional about it. So it's not easy to talk about. But I mean, if you think about it, we weren't really set up for the postseason. We didn't, we were never not leading the division all year. We never had to struggle as a team. We were, we just won and won and won. And we were rarely even trailing in games. So we really weren't prepared for adversity, to be honest. And there really is something to say about like having to struggle and grind and work. And like the year that we won the World Series, we had to do that. You know, we had Does a it bother record. you? Does it bother you? And no jive. I'd like uh, I'd like you to apply the strict no jive policy here. As you see on social media and beyond, everyone, objective baseball fans, even casual baseball fans, turning on their TVs this October and finding what's going on in the city of brotherly love right now, charming. People are saying they like this Phillies team. They like the vibe in that joint. People are rooting for the Phillies. How say you? No, no, I disagree. No. I think they're the worst. They're okay. trash. There's nothing that will make me like them. <laughs> But that's what makes baseball great. That is honestly what baseball for me is always missing. It's villains. Like sports are only good if there's somebody that you hate because there's nothing. Winning isn't worth anything if it's not. You don't get to step over someone's grave while you do it. Like that's when winning is awesome. And and for me, the Phillies are becoming that. It used to be the Mets or the Dodgers. And now it's the Phillies. And now it's like I have a, a true a true anti-hero in my midst. I think Bryce Harper is trash. Hmm. Uh, I don't mind saying it. I think he he puts on a lot of bravado. I mean, the mm -hmm. stare down was like he a puts bit on a much. lot of home runs too. Yeah, but that's the thing is like your home runs speak for themselves. Like do a bat flip, but I like see. staring down Arcia is like and that like you just spoke for yourself. You just hit a home run. Like we get it. But I think he's also, you know, this is a guy that's like upset that somebody said attaboy Harper when when we got. Like, that's oh, that's all of, foolishness. I, that's such a ridiculous. I, yeah, but like, actually, I know cares? you're on the other side of that. I, I mean, like it's like what, 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 it's a sanctuary. No, it's a club. No, who cares? I, exactly. what, what, I'm mad that the Braves didn't lean into it and be like, yeah, attaboy oh, okay. Harper for taking this the wrong way. You fragile human being. And then, you know, and then they're like, oh, they're really riling him up. It's like, no, no, he riled himself up. That's what he does. He's an enforcer in hockey. That's who Bryce Harper is. Like, if you think hmm. about that, when he got kicked out of the Phillies game, you know, he got thrown out in the first inning for arguing with Angel Hernandez. I, that was all set up, in my opinion. They clinched <laughs> the division on the 26th and on the 27th, he got thrown out of the game. You think he gets thrown out on the 26th? I don't think so. I think he starts riling everybody up. He gets the town into it. You know, everyone's talking about us. Everybody's counting us out. I mean, that's what good teams do. I mean, Tom Brady and, and Rob Gronkowski used to say, like, said that after they won the, the Rams Super Bowl. Like, oh, nobody believed in us. Nobody. And it's like, 
no, nobody. That's the most ridiculous. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's the best example of how ridiculous no one believes in us outside this locker room. Has yeah. Ever gotten. I hear you on the trash talking part. Like if you're Bryce Harper, you don't need it. I've long said, you know, I, mm-hmm. I, I like to talk some stuff before basketball games pick up or, and even way back in high school, I used to talk some mm-hmm. stuff there because I could stand there in the pregame unchecked and I could knock him down from 20 and people on the other team would say, who's that guy? Like, we didn't know anything Mm -hmm. about that guy. Why is it? He never plays for that team, but boy, he's a sharpshooter. We better pay attention to him. And I would talk stuff. And then the game would start and a couple minutes in the other team, whether again, three on three pickup or, or actual high schoolers against me would say, man, you stink. Why do you talk so much? Like, (laughs) Because I don't have the benefit of an actual good game. All I have is the trash talk. If I could, if I had the luxury of falling back on actually letting my play do the talking for me, I would. I don't have that, you fancy pantses. Mm-hmm. All I have is the talking. Take that away from me, and then there is nothing for me in sports. Sarah, let's expand this conversation, shall we? A guy who has suffered a lot as a sports mm-hmm. fan based on his long ago choices maybe they are owed the family maybe he made them on his own either way it largely hasn't worked out so well for him he you know him from lemon pepper parlay here on the extra points network his brand new sub stack neutral field great stuff it's our guy martin weiss what's the poop fella how are you i saw i just want to make sure i got this straight sarah bryce harper mm-hmm. getting ejected on the 27th totally staged but Taylor <laughs> Swift and Travis Kelsey, a hundred percent on the level, because that's where we left the last extra points I was on. I just want to. I'm trying to keep score. As yeah, Dan welcome to Martin Weiss, our first think- returner to the to the to the new look extra points program. That says a great deal about you and what we think of you. A lot of guts to show your face around these parts again, Martin Weiss. <laughs> I didn't say that they that it wasn't. Stage, I just said, I do believe that they are interested in one another. Uh, but I think like the NFL, like propping her up and like, I think the second one was more staged than the first one. I think they were surprised at how viral everything went with the first one. And then it became the second and now the third. And then like now Travis is at these Phillies games with Jason Kelsey. And you're like, all right, everybody. Well, they're actually and related, that- though. That That is an actual, they're they're <laughs> truly brothers. I'm almost positive I, on that part. No, I know. But like, and oh, okay. I know that Jason does go to Phillies games, you know, every once in a while. But Kelsey, like Travis has it. <laughs> doesn't normally do that. So I, I, and I'm just saying that Bryce Harper, I think he knew he wanted to get thrown out or do something. And like the situation posed itself quick, quickly. And it's Angel Hernandez. Like no one's going to get mad at you for yelling at Angel Hernandez. You know, Martin sense? and uh, Sarah, mm-hmm. uh, you know, mm-hmm. I, we like I even I people always call me a snob because I root for Pittsburgh sports teams. And so I'm not allowed to complain about the state of any of my teams because I have too many trophies, according to most sports towns. Um, but I feel like the Braves have achieved and we talked about this as well with Martin last time. And so now the Braves are out and they're not going to get another world championship. So where do these Braves stand? These the the pain rankings as they are like all time or at least the last quarter century, the Braves have pulled off the neat trick of having two distinct generations of weird suffering, which is you always win the division, but then you almost never win the World Series. It's the Packers with Favre and the Packers with Rodgers. Um, the Dodgers of the 21st century have now achieved that status, right? Who else is in that uh, in that category that can hold themselves up in in terms of the emotional and spiritual trauma they've caused their fan bases, uh, Martin or Sarah? Uh, you mean teams that you know never can quite get over the hump? Well, yeah, they they're the good, same. but then I mean, they don't. I think the Bengals the Bengals are like constantly okay. in that category. Yeah, they have achieved that status. You're right. They And in fact, in history, two Super Bowls or three Super Bowls, zero, uh, zero victories. That's a good. I mean, the Bills Bills are the ultimate one, right? The Bills are the ultimate. But the Braves, like I say, you had the 90s. Yeah. Now you have this whole new era of of guys. Bobby Cox is long gone, right? Yeah, but Snicker is also bought our like Snicker is our you know our current manager and he was Bobby's protege and so like he learned everything from Bobby <laughs> and I think that there is 
some good in that and there's some bad in that. There's some good that says like, this is going to be a good ball club. It's going to be managed properly, but there needs to be a second tier. There needs to be something that kicks in in the postseason. And like a lot of times that should not come from your manager. I don't think, I think it should come internally from somebody razzing you up. Like for us in 2021, it was Jock Peterson and like, creating this like clubhouse atmosphere that was like really fun and lighthearted. He's wearing string strands of pearls in the world series. Like he's like, I am that right. And he's like making everybody <laughs> laugh and keeping it light, but then also like creating that energy and that hunger and that anger and that like, nobody believes in us, that kind of stuff. And, and we didn't really have that this year. We were coming from the approach of, wow, we're the best team in baseball, which is to me harder to sustain, but you have to figure out what is that gear? What's that second gear? And how do we turn this into bulletin board material for ourselves and not let this other team get the upper hand? And, it's really, uh, boy, I, I, I think you're right about what you're saying about how the skipper approaches it. And if you're Bobby Cox's protege, then that indicates you know how to get through 162 on the plus side of the win-loss thing, but come postseason, it's similar. I always would say this, Marty Schottenheimer, great regular season coach, but those speeches that you would see with the guys huddled up around him just before the playoff game would start, he'd be like, there's a gleam, man. There's a gleam. And like, this is the one moment of your life that you're going to remember forever. Great in war movies and maybe even in real life, right before the battle scene, Mel Gibson, like, today you go victory, all that, whatever he's doing in his blue face paint and long hair and all that stuff. Football, those are actual human beings getting psyched out. Like, this is the biggest mm -hmm. moment of my life. You're putting a lot of pressure mm -hmm. on me, coach. Maybe mm -hmm. that's not the best thing. Maybe it is light and airy. Um, you know what, Sarah? Because we have Martin here, it, with your... With your uh, uh, understanding that I think we should turn the page unless you want to really dig in here. We can spend more time. No, no. No? Okay. Okay. No, we tried to eulogize the Braves. To cry until next year on the okay. podcast. Because we do have important work to do here. Let me squeeze in a quick break here. You know, when the conversation turns stampers, I always go with my number one as Caesars. Let's talk about them a little bit, shall we? Tickets to the game, merch, meals at iconic restaurants, stays at Caesars Palace. All this can be yours when you bet with Caesars Sportsbook. Win or lose, every bet earns rewards, credits, which you can redeem across the empire. Now, if you haven't started yet, register you. Using this code, listen up, Omaha full, the word Omaha and the word full. And then you place your first bet up to $1,250. If you win, great. If you keep those winnings, but if you lose, you'll get your stake back as a bonus bet. 21 and over only. Offer valid and must be physically present in Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Louisiana, Massachusetts, Maryland, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming. New users and first $10 plus wager only. Must register with eligible promo code. Bet amount of qualifying wager. Returned only if wager is settled as a loss. Maximum bonus bet, $1,250. Bonus bet expires 14 days after receipt. Tier credits and reward credits will be added to account within seven days after qualifying wager settles see caesars.com slash promos for full terms void where prohibited know when to stop before you start gambling problem arizona call 1-800 next step colorado wyoming kansas affiliated with kansas crossing casino call 1-800-522-4700 indiana call 1-800-9 with it iowa call 1-800 bets off louisiana call 1-877-770 stop licensed through horseshoe bossier city and harris new orleans massachusetts call 1-800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelplinema.org Michigan, call 1-800-270-7117 Illinois, Maryland, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia West Virginia, Ohio, Pennsylvania affiliated with Harris, Philadelphia If you or someone you know has a gambling problem crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER or West Virginia 1-800-GAMBLER.net New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 this podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. 
Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. I want to, at the midway point here in the college football season, I want to get both of your final four teams as you see them right now, and then see if you can project ahead and tell us what the final four is actually going to look like when it kicks off in a couple months. And then also let's do the same win play show Heisman candidates now and how you think it's going to shake out in New York city in December. First though, while we have Martin Weiss here and lemon pepper parlay, a great show as it focuses in on pro football and college football, but also it'll turn the page to the NBA and while we have Martin here, I have a couple of questions. And obviously, Sarah, you jump in too. First question, as the NBA is about to tip off here, and by the way, we'll dig in on this extra points network specifically on minus three with Kevin Hench. We'll give you our best bets for the season here. But Martin, why are the Clippers or any other pro basketball team trying to get James Harden on purpose? It's not like they lost a bet and have to take James Harden as a result. It, it appears that they want him. What gives? What am I missing here? You're not missing anything, Dave. The question is very valid and worth and worth bringing up and worth screaming until the heavens. It's kind of like the conversation we should have been having the draft of uh, Zach Wilson when it was just a foregone conclusion that Zach Wilson <laughs> was going to be drafted second by the New York Jets. We should have all been saying, why is everybody just okay with this? Why is everybody just taking this as fact? And the big conversation is who is Shanahan taking at three until they try or whatever the deal was. Well, the answer, the Jones. answer to the Zach Wilson one might be because they knew about Mac Jones. Now, but anyway, continue, please. Fair enough. I get but your larger <laughs> point. It's one of it's one of those type of deals. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't trade a dollar for James Harden. Like it's just because because quite honestly, the value that he brings to my team is not going to be worth the headache on the back end. And here's the deal. Here's the real thing of it all. It doesn't make any sense, which is why, like, part of the reason why all these discussions are happening in October and not necessarily in, you know, March and June and April when the NBA games put the matter that much more. Because when James Harden, get, when it gets to the June, when it gets to June, James Harden is absent. Even the best of right. the best of James Harden's career. He has been a playoff, a non-performer in the playoffs or a spotty at best to begin with. So if you're the Clippers, a team with championship aspirations, I suppose you see James Harden as a guy who can come and distribute the ball to Kawhi and Paul George. Um, but to me, it feels like bad money after bad. Like Paul George and Kawhi. Yeah, chairs on the, chairs on the Titanic kind of thinking. Like, well, Jokic and the Nugs are in the way, and the Kings look good, and the Lakers look good, and so on and so forth. But you're just messing around if you're bringing in James Harden. You know, in making that move, that definitely does not get you closer to vanquishing any of the teams I just named. We we've seen James Harden in his prime, and I think pretty clearly he's past that prime. Tiana, how say you? Weird? Why? Why? I mean, it's one thing for a fan who's like, I like the biggest superstars who I've seen on TV to like James Harden in 23. I mean, mm -hmm. but if this is your job, who goes out of their way to get James Harden, right? Yeah. I mean, I think if you want someone who's uh, slow and out of shape, you go for Zion, right? So or like, Damashek, why do you go right. for... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but... I mean, maybe the strip clubs in L.A. are suffering that much that they just need to bring him <laughs> here to boost the economy. We've just been through two strikes. Um, I really don't know, honestly. I, I, I don't know as much about basketball as I would like to pretend that I do. But to me, it is a, a weird move because it doesn't it feels like the Clippers are one player away. Kind of. Yeah. But, but what who do you think is a better fit? Well, not him. I mean, I, I, I mean, I like <laughs> Russ. 
I mean, I, I, I'd rather have Russ yeah. right now if I'm trying to make a deep playoff run, as flawed as that uh, statement is, than I would th- than James Harden. I like where your head is, though. That's an interesting thought. So this was probably driven by local politicians as much as it was mm-hmm. by the Clippers' ownership. Like this could yeah, really probably. Boost. Right. Like Taylor Swift has really done a lot for local economies. James Harden can do a lot for the adult entertainment industry here in Los Angeles County. In the meanwhile, I think think Philly really has to take a look at themselves. And like, no matter what's really going on here, like after a while, I don't know, like maybe like, like if you have a, a school that is just failing half the class every year, maybe it's the teachers, maybe it's the kids, but like something's going wrong here. This is the second time in like five years that somebody was like, you know what? Actually, I'm not reporting to Philly to work to go to. I'm not going. Ben Simmons didn't go and just opted out. And now apparently he's playing well in the preseason. James Harden, he's not interested in going back. I don't know. Maybe it's the school. Maybe it's the kids. But it's something uh, something to think about. Process is broken. Yes, this uh, it, it is officially over, by the way, too. Once Harden is gone, like Embiid and Maxi are not enough to add up to the process still being in play here uh, 27 years after it started. The other question I have for you, Martin Weiss, and then we'll get to our college football conversation is, you know, Jokic, even with now that title in his giant mitts, I still feel like we don't fully appreciate what he is because we can sort of poke holes in him. He's not Shaq Fu. I guess even when Shaq was Who at the height of his jokes well, poking holes. Poking holes? What, what do you mean? Saying like, you know, like the Pillsbury Doughboy. Oh, poop, no. yeah, I, I get it. Cause you're calling him a little soft dick and that's fine. You know what? It makes him relatable, <laughs> but it, but that then dents, how we regard him as like Shaq is a superhero. He's a blown, he's proportional muscular guy, just blown up to twice the size of a a muscular human specimen. Jokic is like, you know, he's got that Greg Ostertag face. If anybody remembers him from the Kansas days and that, and that body, is he the most distinctive superstar in the history of sports physically? Let me give you some examples. Tiana like, keep in mind, hmm. who's the greatest baseball player of all time? Babe Ruth. He was a slob, okay? Michael Jordan, best basketball player of all time. Unless you want to go with LeBron James. You know what they have in common? Receding hairline, premature balls, <laughs> both of those guys. There's Wayne Gretzky, who for at least half of his career looked like a preteen girl. And then there was Tom Brady <laughs> with the famous underpants picture. And then on the other side and all the avocado milkshakes looked like uh like he had dad bod in the last 10 years of his career these are the the greatest in their sports where does Jokic go on that list all time oh wow that's a good question I mean Jokic just being his like gangly none of my limbs fit I, you know just like the <laughs> Mr. Potato Head of basketball <laughs> players uh, his I, head is actually shaped like Mr. Potato Head's I hope he's not watching just right like, now. This might hurt his feelings. Yeah, like when God put him together, he was like, I think these match, you know? You know <laughs> oh, I think that, sure. Like I have a friend that played in the NHL, and the reason he was such a good goalie is because his wingspan was longer than his height. So he was disproportionately, hmm. his, you know, his arms were longer than he, because that's how tall you are, right? Anyway, I think, um, wow, where does Jokic rank up there i would say he's pretty high i would say oh i'm gonna put him one i'm gonna put him number one, one. even ahead of the bay yeah. move over baby you had a great hundred find... year run as the slobbiest yeah. looking superstar in sports history because you, you really have to see these tall gangly guys run you know what i mean you don't really tom brady doesn't <laughs> run right gretzky's skating yeah. You know, LeBron and Jordan, they were fine runners. It was just their hair. You don't have to watch hair run. Here's the way to evaluate this. Maybe this is the way you do it. it. To your point, Martin, if you saw, if you had like five minutes of actual game or even pregame to watch all these guys, who would be the hardest to ID as like, oh yeah, that's the best, not just the best player on his team. That's the best <laughs> player in the sport going right now. Like who would be the hardest just 
Yeah, I'm I'm here for an, a half hour's worth of pregame shoot around, mm. and oh, now the game started. Oh, they're on the ice already. Like, would you? How long would it take you to identify that that guy, the bald guy, or the fat guy, or the guy with the dad bod, or mm-hmm. or the other examples I floated there, is the best player in his sport? See, I was thinking of it like. Because Jokic, while while he is, you know, built like a potato, we've seen his body type. Like you said, like Greg Ostertag, right? You know what I'm saying? Like Greg Ostertag and Jokic kind of are built the same. What's shocking about Jokic is his ability to move around and like right. have good feet. But in terms of his body type, I think you have to rank him somewhere, somewhere behind Muggsy Bogues, but in front of Yao Ming. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, Yao... Yeah, it was just a big stretch, you know, like yeah, a lot of a lot of those seven plus tall. footers. Right. He's just super duper tall. You know what I'm saying? Like like Victor Wembenyama is more like more Jokic E yeah. than Yao Ming is because Victor Wembenyama hit he's like, yo, you're big and you you move around very interestingly. How are you able to move so smoothly and be so long? But when Bajana in person looks freakier because he's just like, he looks like he weighs about 72 pounds, right? That was Britney yeah. Spears, Dave. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I get confused sometimes. What were you saying, Sarah? I I was saying like, like, what is, is it just, you don't, you're not built like an athlete or you don't look like an athlete? Because I would say that somebody like Steve Nash doesn't look like an athlete yeah, to me. True. You know what I mean? Well, he looks like, like John, he, he looks John like Daly he marathons. Is, he like yeah, yeah. Steve Nash looks like he likes to do triathlons. He's working his way up to the Ironman in a couple of years. I would if I met Steve Nash on the street, I wouldn't be like that guy's good at basketball. <laughs> like right, Joe Ingles. Joe Ingles. Joe Ingles is a good one. The Jazz he played for the Jazz last few years. He feels like, but he does kind of have like a weird YMCA volleyball every Wednesday look. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Let's work on this list. I think so. You're saying, Sarah, you're saying the number one all time that you can think of is is Jokic. Well, I I, I might change it. I might change it to one that we didn't name. Okay, I'm I'm going. You know what I'm going with? I maybe it's because I have an axe to grind, but it's Gretzky. Because people will, the most common name, more than Babe Ruth is the greatest baseball player, the most common answer to who's the best in blank sport is Gretzky. It's a wrong answer. But then on top of it, it's like, do you want that NHL? That guy? Like the the pictures of him that he, like, again, weighs 112 pounds and and has uh, this bleach blonde feathered hair and everything. This is not the face of hockey you want. I don't think NHL. Mm-hmm. I, I, he's my number mm-hmm. one. And Martin, you're, you're number one all time. My number one all time. I'm gonna go with the guys close to me though. I, I cover, when I covered the Tigers for my first year, there's I, Prince Fielder never looked like an athlete. <laughs> he never once looked father like father and had, son. If you had told me that Prince Fielder was like a, the gen, another one of the janitors in the clubhouse who just like you know like the manager wears a uniform and they also give the janitors uniforms too for some reason, I'd be like, oh yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, Prince Fielder never once looked like, even <laughs> when playing baseball, he never looked like truly athletic. Hey, you know who that is? Yeah. That's an MVP. You sure? Who, behind yeah. behind the heavy set guy? No, no, him. That's the one I'm talking about right there. There's nobody behind him. Um, and it's not just everybody that, like, he, that, that's, like, pretty unique because MLB still has Rowdy Telez this year, who's, like, not nearly as superior as Prince Fielder was. You know, or um, yeah, well, but, but that's a that, that's a cutoff because he's not a superstar. I'm talking about like you're holding this guy up as maybe the best in the sport, and he looks like that is the, is is a crazy trip for your brain to make sense of. Yeah. Glad, Junior. Okay. Yeah. Okay, we're, we're, we we've made some headway here. Drop us the line, I'd, everybody I listening just, right now. I want to. I need to add one name that we didn't okay. talk about, and that's John Daly. Ooh. The golf. That's a good one. That's a good one. Yeah. That's that one that one. I just thought of. And I'm like, we didn't bring this up. So that let's just add that in there just in case people have the walrus Craig Stadler opinion. didn't look athletic himself. Okay, he had the big mustache and he had the receding hairline and he was kind of fat and everything. But yeah, golfers aren't usually associated with also having a mullet as he did, as uh, <laughs> daily did. And I think he also so does. 
bleached his too. I, if I'm not mistaken, oh, All right, yeah. let's turn the page to the main event for this episode. And that is the midway point here in college football. Who wants to go first here and tell me, I, well, I'll tell you guys, as you formulate your answers, if you haven't previously, the AP top 25, this has yet to cede control to the committee that will determine once and for all who goes in to the final, final four before the 12 uh, team playoff begins next year. Right now it's Georgia one. We had our conversation about this. That's Georgia hasn't done anything to make you think that they have played the best, but because they were placed there before anybody kicked off, they have held on to that spot. Then Michigan, then Ohio State, then Florida State. It's implausible to me that the two and three in the nation are going to end up Michigan and Ohio State because, of course, they will finish the regular season playing one another. So, you know what? He's our guest, Sarah. What do you think? Do we start with Martin here? Lay it on us. How do yeah. you see it right now? You don't want to start with the, the the incumbent number one for no reason at all. Just just, just <laughs> number one emeritus I see is Georgia. No matter who's playing quarterback or running back or whatever, just Georgia just across the board. Never you mind you're trailing fourteen to nothing versus uh, Middle Tennessee State. Oh, you move over, Phillies. Here come the Michigan Wolverines for you, Money line being in doubt versus Ball State. No, uh, actually, believe it or not, I actually have no problem with the idea that Georgia's the number one team in the nation. You're there until somebody knocks you off, and I'm good with that. I really am truly good with that, especially yeah. when you've been as dominant as Georgia has been over the last Last years. year and the year before have nothing to do with this year, but okay, continue. That's I, fine. I get where you're coming from spiritually, but I just disagree with including that as a factor of why they belong, why they deserve to hold on to it. But okay, go ahead. Mr. Many Era himself is saying this. College football is the key of many eras, even though now these eras are now a year long with the transfer. Exactly, right. Such. But like it used to be, you'd have a guy for a few years. Like we got J.J. McCarthy now. We've seen him play a few, you know, for a good considerable amount of time. But right now, I don't have a I don't have any problem with where the they have the teams ranked on to what today so you October stand 18th. by that order michigan and ohio state until there's evidence otherwise although i would say ohio state let's say borderline fluke lucky victory in south bend i don't think and it's borderline at all like depending if you look at it it's, i mean look whether it, i think he's probably lucky to have a moment of coaching and aptitude as bad as Marcus Freeman did down the stretch there, where you have like that wasn't by virtue of them having skill or a good play call. The other team <laughs> no. didn't put a defensive player on the field for good. Well, I guess the best play call is to run where there's only one. There's, run where there's nobody there, right? What are they saying? Football, smart. run the space. That was a good play right. call there. Okay, so you're going to stay with that, and then I, the thing I would say, the pushback I would give the on that is you could make a pretty good case, and you're splitting hairs, but Penn State has been the best big 10 team of that trio. All that hash is going to be settled because all three play each other. And so we still have, and Ohio state is hosting Penn state. So that will be one factor. And obviously that's the difference between who you think is uh, in the final four now versus where they're going to be. These teams will continue to cannibalize each other. It started in the PAC 12 in the sec, a little bit in the ACC, but that hash still has to be settled. And so true. So, Two, does it have to be settled with the heavyweights in the Big Ten? Tiana, how say you? Well, Martin, first of all, a lot of teams go down 14 to nothing. The Miami Dolphins did that just this last weekend against the Carolina Panthers, and then they scored 35 unanswered. So it's not how you start. It's how you finish. Uh, but I don't think Georgia is the number one team. Uh, I I've been saying it all year. We're just like, uh, you know. I think the bigger, I think we do have the respect because we have the history. That's really the only reason we're getting those votes. And then, you know, we talk about all oh, these, these teams, they haven't played anybody, but that's true for everybody. Cause there's really only a couple good teams in your division that you play every year. And those are the matchups that everybody looks forward to. So I, I, I really long for the day that college football finally just has four conferences and all these good teams actually play each other. But um, I my only issue with the top five is that I feel like Washington could be higher. Correct. I feel like Correct. Washington should be higher yeah. to me. I think the way that I, I thought Oregon would, should be the number one team for, you know, the most of the year. And then Washington made them look small. So imagine, 
how Washington could make anybody else look, how Washington would make USC look, how Washington would make Colorado State look. Like, uh, it's uh, it's crazy to me. I think I think they are in the top two, top three conversation easily, in my opinion. Um, so that's the one team that I think should should move up. I agree with all of that. And the only one I would uh, I, I would jam in there now, Florida State beat Clemson. Mm-hmm. And so you're split. Uh, you know, I can say four or five and or, you know, which order they go in. But Washington, I agree with you based on the quality win. And then the other one is Oklahoma. I mean, they they handle Texas, mm-hmm. who themselves yeah. have quality wins. And so if you do the domino effect of this team beat that team and now we beat that team. Uh, Oklahoma at this point should be in that final four. And now I'll flip it back and we can run it back where we think this season's going to wind up. I bet against Georgia. I went under 11 and a half, which means they only have to stumble once at some point in the regular (laughs) season. I don't know if that's going to end up happening. I just don't know that there's a team. Bama, as I predicted, has turned it around. They've largely righted the ship. But are they good enough to, to, to handle Georgia? I suspect they are not. Um, the Pac-12 is the best conference. I, I agree with everybody who's been saying that top to bottom. But the Big Ten, you got to give a shout out to because of the trio mm-hmm. all on one side of that bracket, too. So Penn State, Ohio State and Michigan are all going to play each other. Whoever survives that trio, that side of the Big Ten gauntlet, then is likely to catch Iowa on the other side. There's a chance that Iowa could end up being a Final Four team. As a man who uh, believes in merit, I'm rooting against that happening. That would be that would be a, a shame of Iowa, although it would be kind of funny if they wound up there. I'm going to say Georgia goes. I'm going to say Oklahoma goes. And uh, if you have them getting to the playoffs, you can, if you believe in that, that's pl- plus 160. I can't spiritually bring myself to, say, Penn State. I'm against the Nittany Lions. <laughs> things break, because we know, one thing we know, is Ohio State's going to beat Michigan, right? So now if mm-hmm. Penn State beats <laughs> Ohio State, they're kind of mm-hmm. in the they're kind of in, right? Cuz I'm trying to think of like how that math all works out and the head to heads, but I, I I think Michigan is the best team. Ohio State just mm-hmm. has their number. So if the Buckeyes can survive the Nittany Lions in Columbus where, this where weekend. Where is this coming from? Yeah, the, the where? Buckeyes, like they haven't like, beat what? them the last 2 years. No, I'm saying Ohio State is going to beat is going to beat Michigan again. I know, That's but all. since when? They haven't won the last two times. Why would I they mean, win this time? And then and then one more for you. I like the big the big decision. Okay, how yeah. much you would wait, wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. You, gotta, you can't <laughs> you just didn't answer that. what you just said. Okay. You know, just, you, you know why? You know why? You know why? You know why? Because sometimes it just happens in your brain where you invert things and then you start to defend oh. it. And then you realize, like, oh wait, I have that upside down. And then you two you two skunks. <laughs> are shaming me now and calling me out in this public forum. And now oh. you've given me no choice but to undo it and say, well, we know Michigan's <laughs> going to beat Ohio State because they always do. So Michigan is going to the playoff. There we go. Spaghetti will clean that all up like it never happened. Right, Spaghetti? Oh, right. And then last... <laughs> I didn't know <laughs> if you were just trying to take a shot. I'm no. like, but he keeps going. I'm like, this, no, this no. One, okay, here's, one, like, here's, here's, here's the last one. The interesting team that if you like to you want to sprinkle a little something on a team that feels out of it and has since they lost to the Seminoles is Clemson, because if UNC or Clemson can take if Clemson can knock down UNC and then play a head to head against Florida State once again for the for the ACC title, they'll get it. I think this is FSU's year, though. So I say they're the ones that are going to survive the ACC. So it goes Oklahoma. Georgia, um, Michigan, and then Florida State, because I think that the Pac-12 is sadly going to end up knocking each other off, and none of those teams is going to have a good enough clean resume to get into the Final Four. Okay, now we go with that whole mess cleaned up. How say you, Tiana? Am I supposed to pick my top four? Who, how it's going to wind up? How's, what's this <laughs> okay. Final Four going to look like? And Georgia will be number one, so they'll play Florida State in the in one semi. We'll see, because I honestly think that Georgia might lose to Georgia Tech last game of the year. I feel like that (laughs) Haynes King quarterback is just because that guy's just good, and like they just beat Miami. Like they're just like I don't know. There's just something about Georgia Tech that like freaks me out. Like they're better than they normally are. 
anyway, so I just think anything can happen last game of the year when you're thinking about other things. That's why I'm saying that. Um, okay. So I'm going to say Washington. Like it. Uh, I'm going to say Michigan. I'm going to say Georgia. Ugh. I don't know who the other one would be. I'm going to say Penn State. Okay. That's a fun one. They, you know, plus 250 yeah. if you like the Nittany Lions. I don't like them, period. But if you like them to make a run here down the stretch, that's uh, a fair amount of juice to to ride with Drew Aller and company here. Martin Weiss. Mm-hmm. I'm sticking with my preseason prediction for my Final Four. Okay. Everything is playing out as I'm seeing it. But I'm going to go Michigan will be the number one team in the nation. Alabama. You understand you're setting yourself up for sorrow, though. When you say Michigan's not just going to make the playoff, they're going to be number one. Now they have the curse of Sposta hanging on their shoulder. You understand that, right, Martin? You're doing this to your team. Listen, when you return uh, J.J. McCarthy and Blake Corum, the the curse of Sposta is not my fault. It's your fault. And then you play this cupcake schedule. You're running teams by 30, not covering a single spread, though, by the way. Hmm. You want to beat East Carolina and, and and the little, you know, the school for the blind by 50 points every Sunday, until every Saturday, rather, until we get to the Penn State and, and Ohio State game. You better damn well have the curse of supposed to on top of you because you know what this team is built to do or should be built to do? Beat Georgia, right? That's the whole point, right? Mm-hmm. That's the whole point. Mm-hmm. We're past. We're past this mess. Of playing for Big Ten championships, we've been there. As long as like as you just incorrectly outlaid, we have owned the Big Ten for the last three, four years. We got to go ahead and get the championship. Otherwise, at this point, Sayonara, Jim Harbaugh, go close to Chargers. Wow, you know, yeah, mm-hmm. well, I think we're going to get that one way or the other. In fact, if he wins so, the Natty this year, I feel like it makes it more likely he punts. Like, what's what's left to do, right? If he I wins, got, I go Michigan here, okay. Florida State. Uh, uh, Alabama and then Georgia. Whoa, Bama and Georgia in a relatively down SEC season. You say that the two prime juggernauts from the best conference perennially still get two teams in. I just can't see it going down that way. Yeah, I think Alabama might lose to Tennessee this weekend. Well, Hmm. if they do, I'll be wrong. (laughs) No. No, but I think Alabama will end up happening. I feel like they'll just keep winning these close SEC matchups. It's one like one or two, like not no big blowout game, anything like that. Key defensive play. Jalen Milroad plays just well enough. And then they beat Georgia in the SEC championship game. And everybody's like, wait a minute, what are we supposed to do now? Now what? Well, I do think he's talking about Michigan's cupcake schedule, and I, I think that that's kind of what obviously you have to take a look at the rest of the way for all these teams that we're talking about. You can work it down to like 12 teams, maybe 14 or so. If you're LSU, if you get down in the standings, down to, in the rankings to LSU with their two losses, that's your cut line. A two-loss team is highly unlikely to get in. Maybe in this weird year, we'll, we'll definitely start seeing some two-loss teams next year. Um, but See, I think that's a tough. It's not going to be any two lost teams while these Pac-12 quarterbacks are going crazy, right? That's yeah. that's the but difference. You, like, yeah. but if but if everybody just has one loss across the board after the, what the Pac-12 did with their TV rankings, they're gonna be like, no, forget y'all. Y'all coming over here anyway. <laughs> y'all don't even want to be on TV. Well, you're not crazy, yeah. by the way, to take Oregon to get to the Final Four if you think they are the best team, Tiana, because they are likely to get another shot at them, right? I mean, they mm-hmm. and and so. If it plays out that, I mean, I it, the Pac-12 is such a mess and those teams seem in some, it really is an upside down year because the Pac-12 has some really dynamite defenses. It's not just the quarterback, some really good defenses on the wet, not in USC specifically, but a lot of the yeah. other teams. I mean, they're legit five or six real good teams yeah. in the Pac-12. Problem is they all have to play each other and the ACC go through North Carolina and Florida State and identify who's going to beat either one of those teams except each other and possibly Clemson over UNC. That's why I have Florida State with the inside track. Look at what they have left, and it's easy to make a case that they should reach the championship game weekend. Uh, unblemished there. So, all right, there we go. Now let's turn it specifically. And you talk about the quarterbacks and it is a quarterback award, unless you want to try to make a case for a running back, a receiver, a defensive player. Otherwise, let's go back to you, Martin Weiss. How do you see it right now in the Heisman standings? The odds heavily favoring Michael Penix after the win against um, 
Oregon and Caleb Williams losing and throwing three picks. All of a sudden, Penix, a prohibitive favorite at minus 140. Second best is Dylan Gabriel at eight to one at Oklahoma. I don't think he's going to end up getting it based on the profile over all of the Big 12. Give me your one, two, three, Martin Weiss. I'm just going to give a homer pick. I want it to be Blake Corum because here's the deal. I want to I want to stop this. If you can rent a car, you can't win the Heisman. Michael <laughs> Penix has been playing college football for like six years. Bo Nix has been playing college football since 2019. No, I was, no. At no point through Michael Penix's time in Indiana did we think he was the Heisman. None. Right? I didn't, Mister. I did. When I was cheering for Michael Penix on that extendo two-point conversion to knock off the Knicks, I thought he should deserve the Heisman that. right there. I remember that. That was a that was a great moment, right? It was that was to go like five and zero or six and one or something right. like that. We almost not, beat the Buckeyes in Columbus too. And, and, and I know, Sarah, you're well familiar with it, Bo Nix's resume through the SEC. No, mm-hmm. at no point mm-hmm. was he in the Heisman conversation. Not even what Michigan is famous for, the September Heisman, right? The Nard Robinson mm-hmm. played almost every year I was in college. The September Heisman. As soon as October 1st happens, everything falls apart. But no, I'm done with this. Look, get these guys out of college. Either go pro or go pro in something other than sports, all right? But, you know, you, you don't win. Take, it, take the award away. From Caleb Williams won't win it twice, but a guy like Caleb Williams, who actually should be in college right now. If you should be working a job by your second or third year, you shouldn't be able to win the Heisman. There you go. Welcome to my TED Talk. Mm -hmm. That was wild, but you didn't even give me a two and a three. You just said that you're taking your guy. Well, you're taking Corum, but by the way, in, uh, you know, in reality, you know that that can't happen because J.J. McCarthy has shorter odds than Corum does at this point. And the likely result is, is that they take votes from each other and neither gets it. Right. So but mm-hmm. my two, honestly, right now would be Brock Bowers. OK, so yeah. my this is my Heisman wish list and not my actual Heisman, you know, <laughs> not what's actually going to happen. I mean, I guess we can dispense with the midway point because clearly, as the odds indicate, you would be hard pressed to make a case for anybody than Michael Penix right now. So, okay. So he's the clear cut favorite. Then pick up on that. Tiana, how say you, how do you think it looks? Who are the three guys sitting there in uh what's the place called again, where they give out the Heisman? The, the athletic club uh, sitting there York. with Chris Fowler, <laughs> having that self serious uh, talk, talk about it's not a clubhouse. It's a cathedral. It's a sanctuary that the tone of voice they use to hand out a football trophy is the best. Like we're joined now by the 20. Like, all right. This is a, it's a happy time, right? Why are we treating this uh, as though it's a funereal uh, situation? Anyway, go ahead. Tiana. Uh, well, a week ago, I would have put money on Brock Bowers, but now that he's going to be out for four weeks, I think it's probably not looking good. Right. To me, obviously, Penix is the favorite. I put money on Quinn Ewers after they beat Alabama. I still think he has an outside chance, but after they lost to Oklahoma, I think that chance has kind of dwindled. I do think now that Tez Walker is back, that Drake May is looking really good, and I think it's like ha- him having a, a good receiver to throw to shows just how good he is at getting the ball to the right guy. And so, you know, I don't know if it's a Tez Walker effect, but I think that that can really up his odds. So in my pin, my win play show would be Penix, Drake May, and then Sleeper. Because even though I pick, I, okay, I'll say Penix, Drake May, Quinn Ewers, and then for a Sleeper, off the board, I would take Haynes King, the quarterback from Georgia Tech. Mm. I'm telling you, there's something about this guy that is just different. It's just different. Nobody ever talks about Georgia Tech, but this guy's slinging it all over. He's getting like, I mean, it's just insane watching him play. Yeah, really good. To scare all these 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 fragile Atlanta-based <laughs> sports fans. Circle the rambling red right Georgia <laughs> Tech. That's going to be our our next sorrow. I'm Jordan (gasps) Fink. All right. I think that Penix at this point is far enough along that he almost certainly gets to New York. 
Here's the crazy thing is how, what are the odds that you would have gotten in August that Caleb Williams yeah. doesn't make it to New York city? Like we're not, mm-hmm. that, that doesn't win it. Doesn't, isn't in the top three, how, how, uh, how big a payoff that would have been that he's not in that group. He still may get in there. I think Eddie Spaghetti has been making that point this week that the weekly overreaction, I, Caleb Williams is in the eye of that storm right now. And he, he has a chance to transcend that, but same problem for Michael Penix. Why I don't think he gets it is the aforementioned great defenses of the Pac-12. Again, not counting the Trojans in that, but you're going to take some losses along the way. So I think it kind of means that none of those guys are going to get the Heisman. I think um, JT Daniels gets there because, I, I mean, Jaden Daniels gets there because uh, J- JT Daniels is not yeah. going to get there. Jaden Daniels, right, <laughs> of what I said about the relatively breezy path that he has the rest of the way here. And I'm going to throw Drake may in there too. And he has the juiciest odds at 11 to one right now. And I think he benefits from a lower standard. You said about Quinn, you or Sarah that, that you bet on him before they lost, but you know, as long as they run the table, he's okay. I don't think UNC has to, I think UNC can lose two more games the rest of the way. Oh, as yeah. long as he puts up big numbers, it's like the Doug Flutie thing. If he, Nobody thought Boston. Co- I mean, it's a, you know what is that? Forty years ago, so a good solid uh, <laughs> great prompt reference. to make. But anyway, you know, yeah, you can sneak through with a couple of losses if your team is understood to not be in advance of the season or during the season. Like, boy, this team might win the whole thing. Nobody says that about the Tar Heels to this day, but everybody celebrates the QB. And to your point, with that target now back in the fold. The, the sky it raises even further for him to put up big numbers. Drake may 11 to one that's mine. And he'll watch a uh, hill and uh Penix and um, Jaden Daniels watch on Dylan Gabriel just barely misses out. I predicted him a couple weeks ago to rise. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. So there you have it. And now a quick break. Robert half research indicates nine out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. Uh, anything else you want to say here, Tiana? You're off in New York City. I should have said that at the top um, for anybody who notices a difference in your sound there or if you're watching us on youtube by the way subscribe on extra points uh on youtube to the extra points network there so you can uh, take a look at all of us if it's not enough to have us in your ears you really want to get us in your heart and your gut you gotta you gotta look at us um but tiana so off in new york city final thoughts from you before we wrap it up here today uh go diamondbacks okay Good. That's a good message. You root against who hurt you kids. Tiana's yeah. got it right. You root against who caused you the pain. You don't root for mm-hmm. that team. Like I, they hurt me and now I hope they hurt everybody else. No, no, no. You want them no. to suffer as they have just caused you to suffer. That's so obvious to me. I don't know why so many people go the other way. on yeah. that. The only thing better than a Braves win is a Phillies loss. The Beautiful. only thing better. Beautiful. Martin Weiss, what a pleasure to speak with you. What uh, what can um, 
can you point everybody towards? I mentioned the sub stack, neutral field, great uh, week debut so far, right? Yep. I just launched that on Monday and okay. now we are on, uh, I come try to come out three times a week. So we'll see if I can make that an honest statement. If I, when I come out on Friday, I have the watchability rankings on the way, which games Ooh. you should tune into and which games, no. you, should, you know, you know, you know, just kick that one to the side. If this is the only one in your viewing area, it's a great time to go and do any favors for your significant other. If you know, if your kids need to go on an errand or you know, run an errand with them, it's, Perfect time to do it. I'm going to lay all that out so people can make sure. Because I've realized that most people only have one television in their living rooms. They don't have five like I used to have. And so they can't see all the games. They got to make a choice. Hey, um, okay. I, I I look forward to that because that is a legitimate um, factor or should be as teams and organizations put their product together. The people are going to, Mike Tomlin says that it's an entertainment thing. Then stop trying to make every game 12 to 11. People like to see the yeah. dirty point. Not me, but I, I'm speaking for the for the masses, Coach Tomlin. Hey, uh, Dave the Dummy forgot to get your uh, the most important main event, your favorite place for the weekend. And while you guys gather that quickly, if uh, if you moved on or closed your uh, your dock because Dave was skipping past it, I'll just tell you real quick. One play I love is as a man of justice, Air Force to um, to dominate <laughs> Navy. This thing, this uh, this Armed Forces Cup. You know, Army and Navy, it's the most famous game. And these two teams are mediocre to bad every year. I love watching it, of course. I always feel bad for the Air Force. Why are they not included in that? Why is the Air Force, uh, why is Army and Navy so important? And everybody's like, well, yeah, we also play the Air Force at some point in the season. I say go, what are they called? The They're not the Airmen. What are they? The Air Force Commanders? No. Oh, c- cockpit. The cockpits. That's right. Go cockpits. (laughs) Win by two touchdowns. I like that pick. I say Ohio State wins and covers uh, against the Nittany Lions. Martin Weishaus, say you. I am saying the Jacksonville Jaguars go into New Orleans on Thursday night and beat what is a bad team in Chiefs clothing, the New Orleans Saints. (laughs) Oh, does he hate his Saints, Tiana? He hates his own Saints. It's so weird. I don't hate my own Saints at all. You know what, Dave? I've been waiting because I want to go back to the old one of the few epi- the old episodes of Extra Points. We asked a simple question. Who's got the worst quarterback scenario in the NFL? And we came down with Brock Purdy, who, you know, this, you know, just okay. came back into a pumpkin, I suppose. Uh, Baker Mayfield and Kyle Trask. And I said Derek Carr. And right now. I'm the leader in the clubhouse on that. That prediction. is not what Derek Carr and Jameis Winston are not the worst one, two punch in, in QB and in pro football. That's being silly. Now hey, you're driving. You just told me about how Matt Canada and the Pittsburgh Steelers are trying to win every game 13 to 10, right? Well, you know, when I was growing up in Louisiana, we used to have a saying said, thank God for Mississippi or we'd be last in everything, right? Like last in the public schools, last in the state fund, like last in all of that thing. <laughs> Thank God for Pittsburgh, because otherwise New Orleans would be last in everything. <laughs> There's no reason to Seven insult me and, and my team on the way out trips. the door. I don't understand uh, why hey, you're that. You know, the Saints three wins. Tiana, you know who they came against? The two and four Tennessee Titans, <laughs> the one and five New England Patriots, and the six and zero oh Carolina Panthers. <laughs> the zero oh and six, yeah. Still gonna end up winning the division, right. though. My See, bad. are you still gonna be upset when you win the division? How far are you gonna take this? It's getting weird. Um, that that and that is gonna be the end result. The Florida Lee at the top spot in the NFC South, and now it's embarrassing if you don't win it, given where those other teams are. Uh, all right, is that it for your best bets, there, Marty? I'm taking also total team on Saints team under against. I don't, really don't see their. I don't think they're going to be moving the ball against this Jaguars defense. And uh, I tell but, you what, that I do like. I do. I, I do happen to like that. If you haven't been noticing, yeah, that Saints. I mean, you're you're not wrong. The defense is mighty. It's carrying the day. But Kamara's back, and they're not a terrible team. Um, they're not a terrible team. They just got you know. They've got a middle class you know, QB like a lot of teams do. They've got a Toyota Corolla for quarterback. You know, it's fine. <laughs> You know, saying get you from A to B, but nobody, you're not valet parking. Put in Jameis. That's that. that I, I I think America would get behind that idea. Tiana, how say you? Uh, I'm taking the Lions plus three over the Ravens. Let's go. Lions I are, like that. Lions are the best team in the NFC. I'll say it. 
all I want. The second best team in the NFC is the Niners minus six and a half over the Vikings. I think the Niners bounce back this week. I don't even know how the Vikings are going to score. And then I'm taking Utah plus seven over USC. I think USC struggles again. That's a really interesting matchup. It's a I mean, fun that, game. It's, I mean, that, what, what I'd love to see is, is Notre Dame play Utah. Because those the, the stylistic yeah. matchup, it'd be like yeah. they're they're playing uh, playing themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, this could be the exact same thing we just saw in a different part of football America. Mm-hmm. Great times, though. Hope all is well on your side of football America, Sarah Tiana. Uh, kudos to you. You're really holding it together, stiff upper lip, and all that. You've turned the page neatly now onto Falcons and Bulldogs <laughs> and all the rest of it. Martin Weiss. Um, Continued success with Lemon Pepper Parlay. Best wishes to you with uh, with the launch of the the uh, the new Substack. There, um, Neutral Field is what it's called. And also check out Martin Weiss on uh, on the weekends on Fox Sports Radio if you haven't already. Great stuff there. And thanks to you, sports fans. We'll be back with minus three. All the rest of the Extra Points Network content for you. Like I say, please subscribe to the YouTube page for extra points. And we'll have the 15 minute pregame show for you midday Friday until all of that. Thanks so much sports fans. It's been a thin slice of heaven. (laughs) 